Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Your Book, the podcast for literary nosy parkers. I'm your book inspector, Daisy Buchanan. I wanted to pop into your feed and tell you about a brand new podcast. The Broccoli Book Club is the first of its kind, an interactive book club exploring works from some of the most savvy and talented authors on a wide variety of fascinating topics. It's not just about learning more about what you already know. It's about opening yourself up to stories that you may not have otherwise explored and expanding your knowledge beyond the bounds of your comfort zone. The show invites listeners to join in the discussion around a selected book, plus there'll be a conversation with the author of each book. As an additional treat, here's a preview of the Broccoli Book Club's first episode discussing Laura Dockrell's powerful memoir, What Have I Done?, with award-winning journalist Freddie McConnell, the CCO of Broccoli, Tony Phillips, and host of the book club, Diora Shadi-Genova. It's not enough. I was that, that was one of the scariest things for me, was when, when she started to articulate what she was feeling, I sort of felt this relief, because I remember the people that came to visit me after I gave birth, and them, them seeming very empathic and very concerned about me. Like, maybe I just got lucky, but the idea that when she said, I can't remember what she said now, but, you know, something like, I don't feel right, or when she answered their questions on a, you know, how are you feeling? I thought the minute she said anything remotely like she'd been struggling, they'd be on it. And when they said, well, we don't want to rush to diagnose depression or it's a bit soon for that, that really took me aback. And that just shows how naive I am. I really like, sorry to interrupt, but like, I just really agree with that part because I remember when she was talking to a professional, I can't remember who exactly it was, and they'd be like, how are you feeling? And she'd be like, I'm not feeling good or say that, you know, I don't feel right. And then they say, do you feel suicidal? And she'll say no. Obviously, in her head, she says yes. But actually, why weren't they prodding a bit more? You know, what doesn't feel right? Can you explain to us what thoughts you're having? And it just seems that as soon as you say, well, I'm not feeling suicidal. Well, okay, it's it's not an emergency then. Therefore, we don't need to deal with it. But um, how much is this normalised that health professionals don't inquire further? And the idea of the baby blues and... You know, it's almost like the doctors are trying to save her from some kind of, quote, embarrassing diagnosis. And she gets so bad before anything happens. Yeah, all of that stuff was probably the scariest aspect of the whole thing for me. The idea that you're people who are there to look after. Suicide watch. Like, she was 
She was in the worst place she could be. And you do start thinking that she was failed at so many levels. And, you know, they were very lucky. And Laura says that they were very lucky to get sort of private health care. They were in an institution that was privately funded by them. But so many people won't have that chance. And so many people wouldn't have been able to have those extra sort of steps to help her get through it and it just made me so worried about someone else who might be less privileged in many ways who could seek out that kind of help. It is terrifying. It was a terrifying read from the point of view of just watching somebody literally page by page fall apart. We can see it. We can see what's going on but it's clearly been, it's hidden or just out of sight of those who are in the best position to actually help. So I guess finally, I just wanted to know if you were prompted to do any of your own research while reading this book, you know, if so, what kind of things did you look into? I personally, as I said, I was really interested to see if it was just something that mothers experience or whether, you know, postnatal depression and psychosis can be also in fathers or just in parents in general. That's the kind of research that I did. And I found that that is the case. And, and I really would like to hear experiences of that as well you know, later down the line, I definitely want to look into that. What about both of you? I wanted to, I wanted to go and Google all sorts of things. But to be honest, the power of her own narrative, the power of her storytelling was something that I just thought, well, actually, this is what I need. And as much as possible, I was trying my hardest. I didn't actually read it, Dura, all the way through that middle section unflinchingly. I had to have breaks because it was at times just overwhelming. And then you get the kind of benefit towards the end where she actually gives you pretty much everything that you need, you know, in terms of where to go for help, definitions of certain things. Again, it's mixed in with personal stuff that she found useful and other things that she didn't find useful. The research that I needed was all here. And it was all in from her. In the back her. of the book, exactly. Well, it, not just in the back of the book, but the research that I needed was just her telling me. It was just sitting, literally, I felt as if I was sitting at her feet and she was just telling me. And Freddie, how about you? I guess when I finished the book, I felt pretty exhausted and had a lot to process. And I actually didn't get all the way through the notes at the back. I stopped about halfway through because I, I just wanted to sit with the story and the experience that I felt like I'd shared with her, you know, in a very intense way, as intense as you can do in a book. And I felt like there were some things that I took from the book that she wanted to convey that really, you know, I wanted them to kind of settle and embed in my mind. Like I love the way she talks about this idea of floating, floating past things that scare you, not fighting, but just floating. Like I genuinely think that's an idea that I'm going to carry forward in my life in general. And I thought the way that she, at the end, she does share, I don't know whether we, well, no, it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> the one the one person, it seems, who picks up on what she's going through without even having to be told is this neighbour of hers, right, who early on in the book sends her a text message to say, you know, if she needs any, if she needs to talk, if she needs any help, then, and she's there, this neighbour of hers is there, and, and she can kind of see something in her eyes that suggests that there's something the matter that's also something that this neighbour went through. She shares the actual text of that message right at the end of the book. And I found that really interesting to know, because I think especially in this in, in Britain, we can be quite bad at putting our hearts on our sleeves and putting ourselves out there. And you might feel, if you, if you can see someone really struggling in a way that you think 
really resonates with your own experience. You can feel, you know, oh, I don't want to overstep. I don't want to intrude. But really, like, that act of reaching out is like a shining light in a sea of, like, misunderstanding and miscommunication. So I felt like that was just a really useful thing to include and then to emphasise at the end as if to say, yeah, do send that message. You don't have to pick up the phone because, <laughs> you know, that's probably overwhelming, but do reach out. Do just let that person know that you're there. And even if they don't act on it, just knowing, you know, that that might be something that kind of stays with them and gives them hope. I kind of felt like, what else? You know, unless I go through this myself, I'm not sure there's anything else I really need to know. I'm just so, like you said, Tony, so grateful to have been able to share this experience of hers, of her to be so generous in going into such detail, but also writing such a kind of a narrative that just drives forward. Like I think the way we've talked about it can make it sound really heavy and really dark. And, and at times it is, but it never stays that way for long. Like before you know it, you're on to the next thing. And the way she like focuses on her perspective. Also, I just found like a good decision in terms of, of the writing and the editing of the book. I thought, you know, otherwise it would have just become too complicated. So you're kind of drawn in. Yeah, I, I just thought, yeah. But do you think that what she was doing freddie was in a way discarding the language that you in particular found so off-putting at the beginning do you think that actually what she was doing was drilling down and down and down to get to the core of the human experience do you think that was what it was that kind of pulled you back in yeah absolutely and i don't think that was necessarily conscious but it just goes to show that what gets lost in this whole conversation about language and political correctness and all this sort of stuff is it it's as if we're being asked to do something new and strange and unfamiliar. And actually all we're, ask, all we're being asked to do is to talk about people as individuals. I hope you enjoyed that sneak peek of Broccoli Book Club. There'll be new episodes bi-weekly every Thursday. So search for Broccoli Book Club wherever you get your podcasts or visit Broccoli Content on all social media platforms. And listen out for some brand new episodes of your book in a couple of weeks with some very exciting guests lined up. I've been your book inspector, Daisy Buchanan. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.